dear listeners, and welcome to the latest episode of Extra Extra, it's all about whiskey. I remain your host, Jason Johnston Yellen, lover of sandwiches, and I am always pleased to be discussing a most recent whiskey news-related article with Joshua, who remains Morrissey Hatton. Hello, Joshua. Here I am. <laughs> That's what Delma used to say when she was young. You call her, Delma, where are you? And she says, here I am. Or come into the kitchen. She'd say, here I come. <laughs> Home, honey. I'm high. So, yeah. you, sir. Did you just well, excuse me... my, my five-year-old, <laughs> three, four-year-old daughter of being high? No, that's that's how that's how 1950s fathers entered the house. Uh, Home, honey, I'm high. Oh, got it. I, I've seen it on Everybody Loves Lucy. Is that the name of the show? I Who loves love Lucy? Lucy. I love Lucy. Do you really? I do. Uh, anyway, that's that's a one nation under whiskey conversation, mm-hmm. just like sandwiches. So, each week, Josh and I bring. A whiskey-related news story to the attention of the other. We read it in the first half of the episode, we riff on it in the second half of the episode, and we get out of here in approximately a tight 35. Yeah. Joshua, it's your turn to to bring something. I've I've got a hunch I know what we're going to be talking about. If anyone's seen the masthead for this episode, they're going to know what we're talking about. (laughs) So end the suspense and tell us what we're talking about today. Some weeks you have to dig really deep to find a story that we want to cover. And some weeks we're just fed a story by a silver spoon. It's put on a platter for us. And that's what we have this time around. You could say sometimes it just marches on stage and slaps you in the face. (laughs) You keep this article out your mouth. It's my turn to read this, Jason. (laughs) So this one is from the New York Times, and the title, uh, which, by the way, is written by Anna Swanson. I don't know if she wrote the the title or headline, but she definitely wrote the article. But the headline reads, The U.S. scales back metal tariffs as Britain lifts duties on American whiskey and jeans. I, I know you just. Yeah. I know you just did a tight edit there. Were you about to say EU instead of Britain? No, I was. I was. Uh, I read the metal tariffs, and I was just wondering why are they putting tariffs on on all my favorite metal bands? But that's. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, the tariffs on all the Iron Maiden coming into the U.S. It was just stunning. Anyway. If there's not a quote from Ozzy Osbourne in this article, then they've missed an opportunity. No, but there there is a recipe at the bottom for bat stew, which is nice. <laughs> <laughs> so the article starts, the Biden administration said, that is an old joke, bat stew. Like, come on. that. Come, anyway, the Biden... I was going to make a joke <laughs> that he only eats them raw, but I didn't want to belabor the point. <laughs> The Biden administration said on Tuesday that it would roll back the Trump-era tariffs on British steel and aluminum, moving to resolve a transatlantic trade clash that has soured relations with a key ally. Under the agreement, the United States will allow a certain volume of metals 
from the United Kingdom to be imported duty-free starting June 1. Hmm. In return, Britain agreed to lift tariffs on more than $500 million worth of American whiskey, blue jeans, motorcycles, and other products, removing barriers imposed on U.S. exports during the trade spats of the Trump administration. Hmm. The announcement, which came at the conclusion of two days of trade talks between British and American officials, removed some of the last remaining vestiges of the transatlantic trade clashes of the last few years. The Europe- I'm still reeling from this 500 million. That's such a large number just held. It, it, it is large, but nowhere near as large as the number attached to Scotch whiskey into the U.S. You know, it is, so it is kind of small, but... The 500 million, you don't, you don't think the numbers were somewhat equivalent? Because we were looking at one point something billion being exported in Scotch, with I thought somewhere around 500 million of that coming into the U.S., but... We're, we're dealing with yeah, memories. but right, and and granted, we can unpack this a bit further in the second half. But the way the sentence read, it said five hundred million worth of American whiskey, blue jeans, motorcycles, and other. Oh products, yeah, goods, right? goods writ large. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. yes. Yep. So so it's a big number, but it's spread across a number of things. Indeed, I would like to see the rest of that list. To yeah. be honest, yeah, the European Union which included the United Kingdom until 2020. Huh. Oh, cue the sad doesn't... music in the back, Joshua. <laughs> <sighs> Imposed the tariffs on American products as retaliation for the levies that former President Donald J. Trump placed on foreign steel and aluminum in 2018. Post-Brexit, the United Kingdom maintained many of those tariffs on American goods. Biden administration officials, particularly Catherine Tai, the United States Trade Representative, and Gina Raimondo, hopefully I pronounced her last name correctly, the Commerce Secretary, have worked over the last year to scale back many of those barriers believing that the United States should focus its energy on countering economic rivals, not fighting with allies. That's a policy. (laughs) During two days of meetings in Baltimore that kicked off a new trade dialogue, American and British officials pledged to advance policies that would deepen their partnership and would benefit workers and the environment. Officials also said they would continue to cooperate on measures to penalize President Vladimir V. Putin. Ooh, do we know what the V stands for? A little VVP? Not victory. No, it's not victory. Uh, Of Russia for that country's invasion of Ukraine. Uh, Just a few more paragraphs here. Under the agreement, British steel and aluminum that is imported into the United States must be entirely smelted and cast in the United Kingdom to escape tariffs. To prevent cheap steel from China and other countries from finding a back door into the U.S. market. That's very interesting. 
In, mm-hmm. in addition, any British steel company owned by a Chinese entity must audit their financial records to assess influence from the Chinese government and share those results with the United States, the Biden administration said. American and British officials also said semi-finished products containing aluminum from China, Russia, or Belarus would not be allowed to come into the United States duty-free. That's interesting, uh, right? We've got Belarus being a supporter of Russia, so you can see why that's being uh, targeted. Restrictions mm-hmm. still apply. Colon. If shipments of steel and aluminum from Britain exceed certain levels, they will be taxed at the existing tariffs of 25% on steel and 10% on aluminum. As part of the agreement, the United States and Britain will also continue to confer on, quote, market distorting influence or ownership, end quote, in the steel and aluminum industries. The United Mm. States said it would send a trade delegation to Britain for further talks soon. The deal, quote, delivers on President Biden's vision to repair relationships with our allies while also helping to ensure the long-term viability of our steel and aluminum industries, the communities they support, and most importantly, the workers in these industries on both sides of the Atlantic, end quote. And this is, uh, that quote was by Mrs. Tai, uh, which she said in the statement there. Yeah, just very quickly, it, it's interesting to see this smelting and cast in the United Kingdom. Mm-hmm. And it made me think of scotch being matured and bottled in Scotland to get that designator, where you can't be moving it around, right? A little... Yeah, a right. Nod to our our Scotch world. Well, a little nod there, but I also would argue that you know you know that whoever smelt it dealt it, and and so they just wanted to ensure uh, they <laughs> understood the origins. Gosh, that was hard to say. I am more impressed that you <laughs> sat on that for as long as you did. Were you saving that for the second half, or oh, were you just gosh. like? And a perfect opportunity will present itself. I was, I was, and I will unleash it at that point. You know, like like any germ, I was looking for a crack in the window, an open door. You know, and I found like it. any parasite, you were looking for a host. <laughs> <laughs> the article continues. <laughs> Thomas M. Conway, the international president of United Steelworkers, said the union supported the agreement and that it was, quote, an important step in addressing systemic problems like illegal dumping, no, no jokes, Jason, uh, and global overcapacity that threaten the vitality and future of our steel and aluminum industries, end quote. Chris Swanger, which is a name we've, we've read before, and uh, Indeed. by the way, Jason, keep that name out of your mouth, uh, the chief executive <laughs> of the Distilled Spirits Council said that American distillers were, quote, cheering the end of this long tariff nightmare, end quote. A nightmare to be sure. According to the group, American whiskey exports to Britain had declined by, wait for it, 42% 
since 2018 when the tariffs mm-hmm. were imposed. Quote, with the removal of the UK's debilitating retaliatory tariffs on American whiskey exports, U.S. distillers are ready to fire up the stills, he added. The two countries did not profess their intention to complete negotiations that began during the Trump administration for a free trade agreement. British leaders had lauded the potential deal as an independent step for their economy after departing the European Union and have pushed the Biden administration to take up negotiations. Mm-hmm. But the Biden administration has shown little appetite for adopting the Trump administration's goals, saying instead that the trade dialogue with the United Kingdom should explore, quote, mutual international trade priorities rooted in our shared goals while promoting innovation and inclusive economic growth, end quote. And and here comes the final paragraph. The coming dialogue will address issues like trade and investment involving small business, the digital economy, durable supply chains, and protecting labor rights and the environment, the Biden administration said. There we are. I think there are a few bits and bobs to tease out of this. That 42% decrease in exports of American whiskey since 2018 is hanging heavy Mm. in the room. So let's take a very quick break and we'll come back for the second half. Welcome to the second half of the episode, Joshua Morrissey Hatton. One of the things that was that was interesting, and, and you and I, certainly you mentioned this at the start of today's episode, which was there was no other story we were covering this week. But what I liked about that coverage in the New York Times is it was more focused on the steel and Aluminum. Mm-hmm. Uh, talk about keeping names out of your mouth. I'm trying not to say aluminium. Which is that. how they got around. That's how they got around these tariffs for years. They just wrote aluminium on the paperwork, and nobody in America <laughs> assessed the aluminium tariffs. It was it was working for for a fair while. So 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 it got into that side of it, which I quite liked hearing. Yeah. Then, as we'd said during the reading of the piece. Here's this, you know, $500 million worth of U.S. products, which included American whiskey. We then, and this was the part I teased as we went to to a a midway break there, this 42% decrease in exports of American whiskey into... Should you say it as... Because exports are writ large... I guess you would say it was on imports. Then you get to this significant 42% decrease in imports of US whiskey into the United Kingdom. Mm-hmm. You and I teased this, this ending to this story 
for a long time. And now it's here. Mm-hmm. How do you feel? I, I feel somewhat the same I did when the tariffs were imposed. Right? Mm-hmm. I, I thought that this article was so very telling. I, I, I haven't looked at you know the clock on our little recording devices here, but I would say that I probably spent around 15 minutes or so reading that article. And what was striking is whiskey was a footnote, just like whiskey was a footnote at the beginning. It was just something else to be lumped into Mm. a larger trade deficit, argument on trade that had nothing to do with our industry. And so while we started the entry into tariffs with a WTF, like, Why did we get lumped into something that has nothing to do with us? Whiskey producers aren't making airbuses. We're not making airplanes. We're not making cheap steel. We're not not doing any of this. Yet somehow we got our wrists slapped on both sides. And, And so while this has finally gone away, it still feels like we remain that weird footnote that we were just dragged along. We were like, you know, the, this whole trade thing was the fishing industry casting a net trying to catch the big fish. Meanwhile, all these other fish were caught in it for no good reason. I'm, in the end, I'm very glad that it's going away. And I hope we see it. Uh, I hope that it's permanent, not just for our industry, but for the other industries that were dragged along. Um, and, and much like the, the U.S. tariffs on, on U.K. products coming into the U.S., you know, I hope that it has some longevity. We're looking at a five-year pause on the tariffs with the hopes that it would extend. And they haven't, and this is one thing I was looking for in this article here, you know, I, I'd wondered if they would talk about a time frame. Mm-hmm. And, and I guess they're just not at that part of the negotiations yet. Well, and that to me is where the article went at the end, which was, so what about that free trade agreement that was on the table with the previous administration? Mm. And I think that will then be the the ball of wax that gets dealt with, with the the Scotch tariffs having this five-year timeline on them. I think that should keep those negotiations to the forefront. And and hopefully, yeah, we we do ultimately end up with an announcement that says, okay, we've we've put <laughs> the end of tariffs in perpetuity on the back of this free trade mm. agreement. Interestingly, seeing the end of the article, and I may have scrolled a little bit here to, to try and keep this close, but the coming dialogue will address issues like trade and investment involving small businesses, the digital economy, durable supply chains, and protecting labor rights in the environment. Like that's a lot to be covered within a free trade agreement. Mm-hmm. And again, and, and I, I wholeheartedly agree with the point you just made, what a thing to be holding over the head of Scotch whiskey. But you can see the importance of Scotch whiskey exports to the UK government, 
that if you do want them to be talking to you about you know durable supply chains environment uh, you need to keep their eyes on the prize and hanging the sword of Damocles over the Scotch whiskey industry my guess is somebody in the administration thinks that will keep the eyes on the prize it also I think if you want to be a bit more cynical about it that the length that five years that they kicked the can down the road mm. pushes it into another administration since you know, the yeah. Biden administration is four years. You know, yeah. Regardless, then you're looking at re-election and will they come back around and he'll be in the White House. But I also thought that five years were kind of interesting when you know you've got a four-year admi- uh, administration. Yeah, that, 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 act, that is very interesting. I seem to recall, and maybe you recall this too, I seem to recall the UK slash EU choosing the US whiskey industry, targeting that industry as a way to target Kentucky because they weren't Mm -hmm. very happy with some of the things Mitch McConnell was doing slash saying. Am I remembering that correctly? Yeah, I, I don't know if it was explicitly stated, but on one hand, and, and again, this comes from the list, the partial list that's in today's article, mm-hmm. it's iconic American products, mm-hmm. right? Whiskey, blue jeans, and motorcycles. <laughs> but, but when those iconic items were targeted, it also seemed to speak to a certain voter, a certain demographic, mm, a certain state. And I, and I think those were the leaves that we put on the branches of these retaliatory efforts without necessarily anybody coming out and saying it in the EU or in the UK. And that's, and that's the part that I was trying to get at. I, I feel as if that was the general feel amongst us as... U.S. citizens or mm-hmm. permanent aliens to to the U.S. had that understanding, but I couldn't remember if it was reported as such. And that, that's yeah, I don't, I, I don't remember. recall it being reported as such. But yeah, gosh, you hit U.S. whiskey, and, and I know that it affected hundreds upon hundreds of U.S. craft producers. Mm. Uh, and and had deleterious effects on their businesses, but it was clearly aimed at the big distilleries in Kentucky, right? Like that was clearly mm. where the attention was being put. And now here we go. So you posed the question to me about how I feel. How do you feel coming out of this now? So I'm glad you asked me that question because we've traced this arc from it first hitting Scotch Mm -hmm. to it then being retaliatory with US whiskey to then getting to a point where the EU lifted the retaliatory and that Mm -hmm. allowed you know, the scotch to be lifted coming into the US, but the UK portion of it hung on and and now we've resolved the UK side of it. 
And on one hand, we get to say, well, whew, that brings that to a close. But there, there was a story at the very beginning of this year, January of this year, where Indian tariffs started to, to enter into the conversation. Now that we're getting a little versed in tariffs and now we're getting a little versed in trade, the, the tariff on scotch going into India is 150%. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, hold on one second. (laughs) (laughs) When were these tariffs implemented? January? No, 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 no. So so the conversation has ramped up Uh... since January. Now that people are better versed in the world of tariffs and in the world of trade. But, it's a long-standing okay. oh, tariff, and that's that was going to be my question. Okay, yeah, so there's on got scotch it. Yep. going in, yeah, 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 um, and so a one hundred and fifty percent tariff. And the reason that I wanted to bring this up today is because you and I had a conversation. Actually, it was in our conversation about increased exports of scotch globally where we're seeing this post-pandemic mm. rebound mm-hmm. we covered that in a, in a recent extra extra and what was interesting was in that episode we found ourselves talking about brazil india and china yes. and for the last decade two decades people have been talking about the BRIC countries the b-r-i-c brazil russia india China and even you know pre Russia Ukraine war, Russia had kind of fallen out sure. of of those four countries. And in that article, Brazil, India, China were really really crushing it. Mm-hmm. So what's interesting is this hundred hundred and fifty percent tariff means that while Scotch is booming in India, yeah. Do you want to hazard a guess at the percentage market share Scotch holds in India? Like actual Scotch, not something mm-hmm. made that says like yeah, no, Scotch. no, the, okay, the, yeah, actually. the exported <laughs> yeah, by us, imported by them stuff. Okay, yeah. so the number, so the number of cases, the number of pounds. No, just a just a percentage market share, just a percent that Scotch whiskey has within the Indian market. I yep. would say it's it's probably, knowing that it's booming. No, exactly. But right, this is this is a country of a billion or more, and they have a decent Muslim population, and not all Hindus drink. Uh, I would hazard a guess to say it's below 10%. Okay. And I would even venture a guess to say that it is somewhere around seven, five to 7%. Mm. That's, I, I'm actually, I'm very impressed, Josh. I'm very impressed. 2%. So I wanted to say three, but that seemed far <laughs> too low. So I said, you know what? Let's kick it up a notch to five to seven. Two percent and it's booming, booming, right? 
Wow. Yeah, there's, there's an article here. Um, it's on scotch-whiskey.org.uk. Uh, it's the Scotch Whiskey Association. And it says, but while many Indian consumers are keen to add a bottle of scotch to their shelves, bars and collections, scotch whiskey has just a 2% share of the Indian whiskey market. There is huge potential for that to grow. Absolutely. And then they start to talk about if they could find a way to reduce this 150% tariff, they could triple um, the market share to 6%. So I didn't want us to tie a very neat bow around the end of EU, UK, US without taking note that growth is possible in other countries, mm -hmm. but tariffs aren't going away, right? And, and, and I'm, I'm going to read this, and, and it might work and it might not, but there's a, there's a portion of this article that says what the Scotch whiskey industry wants to see from a UK-India free trade agreement. And given what we just talked about, this burgeoning free trade agreement between the UK and the US, mm -hmm. I thought this might tease an aspect mm -hmm. uh, from the Scotch industry. It's only two paragraphs. India is the Scotch whiskey industry's number one priority market, and a UK-India trade deal has the potential to increase Scotch whiskey exports to the country by £1 billion over the next five years. Reducing the 150% tariff on Scotch whisky would make it more affordable in India while still remaining a high-end premium product. If the tariff were liberalised, Scotch whisky's market share could treble to 6%, giving greater access to Scotch whisky products for Indian consumers, but still allowing Indian whiskies and other spirits to remain the dominant share of the market. So the, isn't that an interesting little tease where, where they say, look, we understand you're protecting Indian whiskies in your home Indian mm. market. We understand you're also protecting other spirits that are not Scotch. But if you would just allow us this little decrease in this tariff we would only treble, triple, we wouldn't take it over, right? We would just play quietly in the corner while increasing exports by £1 billion over <sighs> the next five years. Obviously, for those living in India, and of course, for the Scotch whiskey industry, you know, you, you, you like to see as many barriers to entry be removed, Mm -hmm. But should that tariff be lifted and a country that has three times the number of people that the U.S. has and we see a, a market there triple in overall sales, what is that going to do for prices to other established export markets <laughs> and what does that do to the availability of single casks for folks like you and me right i mean every every action has a reaction uh -huh, and uh -huh. and so that will be that'll be interesting to track is, is <laughs> does does it look like there's a possibility that that will get lifted that tariff 
There's, there's not right now. It, it's not really part of the conversation. Um, and it's interesting because I feel like pre-COVID, I'd heard friends with whom we were visiting, industry friends with whom we were visiting in Scotland, they were on their on their way to India. Mm. They were going to be part of a, a junket put mm-hmm. together by mm-hmm. the SWA that was going to be talking about, if not the elimination, then the decrease yeah. of the tariffs. And I don't know where that went. And then obviously we hit COVID. And then obviously we had US, EU, UK tariffs. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was telling that just, and this is why I bring it up in this portion, why in January we've got this kind of return. Even the BBC uh, ran an article in January talking about Indian tariffs oh, on man. scotch. So uh, there's a concerted effort to to bring this into the limelight and keep it in the limelight. And I just wanted us to kind of set the table sure. for the potential return to this story <laughs> as we're just putting some of the... <laughs> Some of the other tariff stories to bed. Yeah, you know, in looking at this story, and I know we have to close, but but in looking at this story here, I was thinking, okay, maybe we can finally be done talking about tariffs. And I imagine that some of our listeners might be thinking, okay, maybe we can be done hearing about some of these tariffs. But listen, we're not. So (laughs) we'll keep an eye on it. But it's also funny where you follow the tax money, right? And we had that in our conversation about uh, privatizing the the Pennsylvania, um, you know, liquor retail side of things. And so right here, I'm just reading towards the end of this article, bringing down, and and this is so well sold by the Scotch Whiskey Association, bringing down the 150% tariff on Scotch whiskey would increase Indian government tax revenue at federal and state level by £3.4 billion annually through an increase in sales. So if you're India, you say, if we take away the 150% tariff, we lose the money generated by the 150% tariff. And the SWA says, no, no, no you would increase your tax revenue mm-hmm. when it's paid to you by Indian people buying more bottles. And India's biddy saying, but you're currently paying the 150% tariff <laughs> to us, which... <laughs> yeah, there you go. So India might be saying, oh, that's fine. We'll take, your, we'll take your British money. Thank you very much. A little retaliatory there. <laughs> so there you go. Always follow the tax money. Yeah. We've said it endlessly. So let's let's get out of here on that. If you want to contact us, drop us an email, questions at one nation under or simply send a note to info at singlecastnation.com. Uh, there is no E in one nation under whiskey, as you would imagine. Joshua Morrissey Hatton, it has been a pleasure as always. Uh I'll get out of here. Jason Sandwich Lover, Johnston Yellen. And uh We'll both agree. Peace. Peace indeed. In our time. Thomas M. Conway, the international president of the United Steelworkers, said the union supported the agreement 
and that it was, quote, an important step in addressing systemic problems like illegal dumping and global overcapacity that threaten the viability and future of our steel and aluminum industries. Vitality. What the fuck did I say? Viability. (laughs) 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 And I even said, okay, now I need to read each word. All right. Let me try that again. <laughs> you also said the United Steelworkers, but that's neither here nor there. <sighs> I'm never, I'm never gonna read again. I can't read a fucking word. I can't do it. All right. I was surprised you let illegal dumping go by uncommented upon. <laughs> Jason, I was trying to overlook that because I'm like trying to, you know, compose myself and like can't let dumping in. All right. 